Hey, hey, I'm Julia, the owner of Julia K Design, which is a small business specializing in wedding invitation design and calligraphy. If you're an aspiring small business owner, a fellow wedding creative, or just looking for some overall inspiration and insight, Julia's creative business guidebook will bring light to all of the challenges I've faced, the lessons I've learned, and the success I've earned. I hope you'll tune in every week for a new chapter in your guidebook. Hello friends. Hi. Um, it's me. <laughs> I don't know how I'm supposed to start these things. Um, welcome back to another episode of Julia's Creative Business Guidebook. This podcast has been so much fun for me um, now that my life is kind of not as chaotic as it was the past few months. Um, I'm starting to really enjoy it more and just sitting down every week and kind of reflecting on what's been going on and then like taking trips down memory lane to um, talk to you guys about like how things started for my business and what I did when I was first starting out since I know a lot of my listeners are new business owners or trying to start their own business. It's just been a lot of fun to kind of like reflect on how my business has grown so much since it first started. And yeah, I hope you guys have been enjoying the podcast. I'm really shocked with how many listeners I've gotten so far. So it's really been exciting and I'm glad that it seems like everybody's enjoying it. Like always, starting off with a little life update. What is going on in my life? So this has kind of been like an ongoing thing that has happened or that has been happening with the past like, I don't know, year (laughs) of my life. I have just been like on the fence on if I want to stay in the apartment that Nick and I are in now or if we want to move somewhere else. And well, I guess I shouldn't say we because Nick is like totally fine where we're at, but I'm like not (laughs) totally fine with where we're at. And I don't even know why, because the apartment that we're in is like small and cute. And like, we've really, it just kind of feels like us now. And like, we've really decorated it nicely and it's in a really ideal location. And well, not really ideal, but like, you know, it's a very, it's a nice location for what we need, if that makes any sense. Um, but the absolute best part of the apartment is the price. Like we pay such an affordable price and right now the, you know, just like with the market and how everything is a lot more expensive, it's just like you, we like literally cannot beat what we're paying. But the past like two weeks I have been like set in stone that like we're going to move out when our lease ends in February. So I've been looking at apartments and I went and toured one last week and everything about it was nicer than the apartment that we're currently in, except for the price. (laughs) And like, it was kind of difficult trying to think like, okay, do we value money more or do we value our quality of life? And for me, I'm always like quality of life over anything. Like I will do whatever it takes to just like be content and happy. Like I just won't think about the money. Whereas Nick is very much like, the complete opposite like he would rather save money now and have a less ideal quality of life so it was always kind of just like a a struggle on figuring out what we were going to do but I went and saw this place and I was like really like okay I think we can do this like obviously it's way more than we're paying now but we can do it so I like was trying to convince Nick of everything and then it was weird because like as soon as it started to seem like possible that we were going to move out I started to look around my apartment and think like 
wait, <laughs> my apartment's really cute. Like, I like it here. This is so cute. Like, why would I want to leave? It's so comfy and it works out so well for us. And so now I'm like, hmm, now I don't think we're going to move. Well, no, I absolutely know we're not going to move because yesterday we went to the furniture store because we have been wanting a new couch for months now. And a while back, we had kind of decided that we were going to stay in this apartment, but we were going to like kind of redo it, like, you know, buy some things that just kind of like make it a little bit better. And we were going to kind of splurge on like some furniture and stuff. So started to do that, but we just like had bought miscellaneous small things like shelves and mirrors and organizational things. But the couch had been something that we have really, really needed because we got this couch like three years ago, our current couch. Um, well, first of all, it's a love seat because our apartment cannot fit a couch. So we got our current love seat like three and a half years ago when we first moved to Easton and we got it at like a discount furniture store. And like, you know, at the time we were both like just out of college, like we didn't have money. So like it was a great deal, but you get what you pay for. And the couch is extremely uncomfortable. Like it's just not enjoyable at all. And we have just been like dying for a new couch. So yesterday we went to the furniture store downtown Easton and we splurged and we bought a couch. Well, okay. We bought a love seat <laughs> and oh my gosh, I'm so excited. It reclines, which is like <laughs> something that Nick and I both really wanted, but kind of thought like when you look at like couches, the ones that recline are more expensive. So we were like, yeah, no, it's not going to happen. And it kind of like when something reclines, it tends to like not be as cute as something that doesn't recline. So we kind of like pushed that out of our minds. But then we were shopping yesterday and we found the perfect couch. It fits in our, we have a very specific measurement that it needed to fit because our apartment is so small. So it fit in that measurement, it reclines and we get to like, we got to pick out the upholstery and the pillows. And so we like really kind of customized it and ah, I'm so excited. It's not supposed to be here for eight weeks, but it's fine. We'll manage. So that was our big purchase yesterday. And that kind of solidified that we will be staying in this apartment <laughs> for at least the next year, which is fine because we really like the money is just like too good, too good to be true people. Um, okay. That was an extremely long story about that entire thing. So I apologize. <laughs> Diving into this episode now. Oh no, I'm not sorry. I'm still updating you on my life. Um, <laughs> it is the 20th. It's Sunday the 20th of November. This Thursday is Thanksgiving. So Wednesday and Thursday, Nick and I will be at my parents' house. And then Friday and Saturday, we will be up at his parents' house and, well, his sister's house, technically. So really looking forward to being with family and eating good food and all of that. On Saturday, it is Small Business Saturday, and I am doing a sale. It is the only sale I'm doing of the year. It's the only sale I have done all year. Um, and it is 10% off your order of $150 or more from the invitation shop. So if you're listening to this and you know somebody that is getting married and they need invitations for their 2023 wedding, let them know of this sale because it is the only sale I do. So definitely should take advantage of it. This sale is perfect for people getting married in the beginning of 2023 who haven't gotten invitations yet. Or also if you're getting married in the end of 2023, it is still a really good opportunity to take advantage of the sale because you can always order now and I will just add you to my design queue, um, which means essentially like you'll order now and then when it's time to start doing your invitations, 
slash you have all your details finalized, we will then get the project started. So it's definitely not too early to order if you are a late 2023 wedding. And yeah, that is now all of my updates, I think. So diving into this episode, it is all about how to find clients when you're just starting out. And I have touched upon these I've touched upon this quite a bit in some previous episodes, so I hope that I'm not like repeating myself too much, but I really wanted to take this episode to dive into things more in depth and give a lot of details about like what it is I'm talking about and what worked for me when I was getting started out. So first and foremost, the first thing on my list is styled shoots, which I know I have mentioned. Styled shoots essentially help you build relationships with fellow wedding vendors, which is really important when you're just getting started out because nobody knows about your business when you're just starting. So it's really important to build relationships with wedding vendors that are in your area so that they can refer you to their clients and help kind of spread the word about your business. Styled shoots also are very beneficial because they give you professional marketing photos that you can use on social media and on your website and in your emails. Um, Obviously, make sure that you credit the photographer that took the photos and provided the photos and don't edit them at all. (laughs) Just a little little tidbit of information there. Another thing about styled shoots that personally for me was really beneficial is it kind of forced me to learn the printing process and different printing methods. So what what I mean by this is when I first got started designing wedding invitations, it was all obviously digital and I was just you know, designing them on my iPad and that was that. But then when I signed up for a styled shoe, I had to give a physical invitation suite. So I had to learn how to print them. So it kind of got communication started with a local print company that um, was in York because that's where I was living at the time. Got that conversation started and it made me learn the nitty gritty about printing and quickly learned that it's not easy at all to figure out printing methods and processes. So it was just, it was really helpful to kind of take an invitation suite and print it and go through the steps of what you would actually do if you booked a client and you needed to give them physical invitations. So I highly recommend styled shoots. I don't recommend doing like a million of them and overbooking yourself because you're not getting paid for styled shoots. At least most of the time you're not getting paid. So you have to kind of like pick ones that really resonate with you and the style that you design in. Um, Like for example, I wouldn't do an invita- I wouldn't do a styled shoot that was like a modern black and white theme because black and white is like not my forte. If you know my work at all, it's very colorful and bold and unique. So I really only accept styled shoots that really resonate with my style and where I want my business to be and how I want my business to look. So keep that in mind. Don't just like say yes to every styled shoot you get inquired about. For styled shoots, I think you can go about them in two different ways. You can either, you know, hope that a photographer or a planner will reach out to you and ask you to be a part of their styled shoot, or you can kind of like cold contact people and say like, hey, you know, introduce yourself and tell them like, I'm interested in doing styled shoots in the coming year. Like if you have any that you're planning or you're planning any in the future that you're like need a stationer for, please think of me and whatever. So kind of like you can, you can go about it that way as well, which if you're looking for something more immediate, that might be the best way to go about it rather than just waiting for somebody to reach out to you. Styled shoots are definitely a big thing that I believe is beneficial to um, attract clients when you're starting out. The next thing that I did personally that I think was really helpful was cold emailing wedding venues. So I gathered an entire list of a bunch of wedding venues that were near me 
and I simply just introduced myself, um, found their email and sent them an email just stating, you know, who I am, what my business is, what I do. You don't want to sell your services or be pushy because they're obviously not the people that are going to be buying your services. So don't take this as like a sales opportunity. Take it as like an introduction and just simply introduce yourself so that they know your business exists and you're looking for clients. Um, Obviously provide them with your business information, like your business name, (laughs) your email, your website, um, contact information, things like that. But then also mention what your offerings and services are. So if you're a wedding invitation designer, make sure you tell them I design wedding invitations. And then I think it's also important to include your availability. So when you're first starting out, obviously you'll probably have immediate availability. So let them know that you are actively booking clients for the 2023 season. And yeah, it's really just a way to put your name out there. I wouldn't expect like a ton of responses. I wish I I tried to find these emails earlier today. I wish I could remember how many venues I emailed and how many I got responses from, but don't be like butthurt if you don't get responses. I mean, I worked at a wedding venue and there's a lot going on, a ton of emails from clients coming in. So when you see an email that's not from a client that needs responded to, most of the time it goes in trash, just to be blunt about it. So don't take take it personally. I would simply just create an email like a template almost and then copy and paste that and send it you could even blind cc if you wanted to but it's totally up to you just make sure that you change names if you're using names and just personalize it a little bit so that you don't make any mistakes but yeah that is a really really good t- whoa i just meant to put my chair down and it like shot down hold on a second <laughs> Anyways, yeah, it's just a really great way to get your name out there when you're first getting started because obviously like there's not a ton of networking events for small business owners, um, especially for wedding businesses. So we don't really like have the opportunity to go around and introduce ourselves in person. So this is kind of like your networking opportunity, even though it's just cold emails. The next thing that I recommend to get more clients or to get clients when you're first starting out is to be active on Instagram. Obviously, by now you should know Instagram is like my bread and butter of my business. I love Instagram. I'm active on Instagram. It's where I get like 90% of my clients. So I cannot stress Instagram enough just because I've seen what it has done for my business. You need to interact with wedding vendors that that are local to you. And what I mean by interact is like obviously follow them but interact with their stories, comment on their posts, and don't just comment like mindless things like, wow, love this, or like really try to engage in a conversation with them because those comments that they receive are going to be the ones that they remember. Um, I know personally for me, like if I receive comments on a post of just like hearts or smiley face or like just, you know, something like great, love it. Like it's much less personable than when people like actually comment a statement and like actually acknowledge the work that I'm posting about. So really try to be intentional with your interactions on Instagram. I think that it will cause you to stand out a lot more. Interacting with these different wedding vendors that are local to you on Instagram, again, will help you get your name out there. Like obviously that is a very common theme of all of the ideas that I'm giving you right now is it's meant to get your name out there because when you're just getting started, that is the best thing you can do for your business. Yeah, interact with them and really shout your offerings from the rooftop. When I was first starting out, like I honestly would get on Instagram and just like pretend like I was in my own little world and I would just like shout my offerings over and over again on stories. Not literally, but like 
you honestly cannot stop talking about your offerings. Like you can't talk about them enough. I think there's like a statistic that it takes seven times of somebody seeing something before they actually make a purchase. And I don't know, like obviously that's not specific to wedding services, but I think it's still very relevant. So you got to kind of be your biggest fan and be your own hype man on social media and just, you know, shout your services from the damn rooftop. I just can't stress it enough. Um, Another thing that I recommend doing that also relates to social media is sharing your business on your personal Facebook page and personal social media channels. And I mean, like, as soon as you create your business and you like have some photos and stuff, I would make a post on your personal Facebook page so that friends and family can see that you have started this business. Friends and family will likely be your very first clients, but you want them to share their great experience working with you with their friends and family. So starting out word of mouth, well, not just starting out anytime you're running a business, word of mouth is huge. It is so, so, so important. It is critical. It is one of the best like forms of marketing that you can possibly have. And yeah, so sharing it with family and friends is going to be really helpful at the be- in the beginning because like I said, they'll probably be your first clients. Even if it's not like wedding invitations, maybe they need a baby shower invitation or a birthday invitation, something just so you can show physical work that you've done and you can start promoting that and they can start recommending you to their friends and family. So recommend sharing it on personal social media pages just so that friends and family can know that that is what you are doing. (laughs) The next thing that I recommend for getting clients is wedding shows. And I know this is kind of like a controversy. Not everybody loves wedding shows. I actually don't love wedding shows, but when I was first starting out, they did really, really help my business. I know wedding shows are a lot of money and it's a lot of work for little to no return. Um, But I should say little to no monetary return. However, when you're starting out, the best thing that you can do is to get your business in front of the eyes of potential clients. So like wedding shows bring in hundreds of engaged couples typically. So getting even just having a small booth there will be beneficial and will help you start some relationships with some couples as well as with some other vendors in your area. I've talked about this in previous episodes, but a really good thing to do at wedding shows is to have like a giveaway or entice people somehow to come up to your booth and engage with you and even better, put down their email so that you can add them to your email list. I know some stationers who do wedding shows do really, really well at wedding shows, and that's amazing. It's not my cup of tea because I am a very big introvert, and if I had to do a wedding show often, I would literally lose sleep and be so anxious, and I would be a complete wreck. (laughs) So for that reason, I'm out, but a lot of people do really well at wedding shows, and that's phenomenal. So you could take an entire different approach to wedding shows and you could look at it from a different perspective than I do because I know I'm kind of like shitting on them, but I'm also promoting them. So um, I think everybody should at least try one wedding show with their business to see how it goes and maybe even try more than one wedding show because, you know, one wedding show could be a bust, but one wedding show could be absolutely amazing for your business. So you at least need to give it a try to see if it's something that works for your business. But like I said, at the least, you're getting your eyes in the front of potential clients and yeah, that's the best thing you can do for your business when starting out. To kind of go off of that, like people aren't going to know your business exists unless you shot it from the rooftops. Just really remember that when you're getting started is like you cannot talk about your business enough. (laughs) So I had mentioned from the wedding show thing is you want to collect people's emails and that kind of leads me into the next biggest thing when starting out is 
to start building an email list as soon as you start your business. I recommend sending like one to two emails a week to your email list with, you know, updates or offerings, photos, etc. Like you can really just about talk talk about just about anything. Obviously, I would recommend keeping it related to your business. But most wedding clients, like people that are planning a wedding, aren't going to book a wedding service on a whim. It requires planning and thought and a budget. And so like it takes a long time. So having them on your email list ensures that your business will continue to get in front of their eyes during their planning process so that they won't forget about your business. That is something that I have like honestly just recently within the past like year really started to understand that my wedding service and my wedding offering is not something that people buy on a whim. You know, like before they can buy my invitations, they need to have a budget in mind. They need to have a wedding date. They need to have a venue. They need to have their guest list. Like they need to know how many they need. So there's a lot of details that clients of mine need to have finalized before they can even start thinking about ordering invitations. So like I know when I do like launches of new invitation suites, I'm not expecting a thousand emails, I mean a thousand orders to come in on a launch day. Like I'm not expecting that at all because I'm now at an understanding that people have to plan for this purchase. Whereas like somebody that specializes in like a product-based business with like greeting cards or stickers, like those things can kind of be bought on a whim. And that's why like you'll see like on TikTok or Instagram now, like when people post videos of their launch day and you know all those thousands of notifications that they got from Shopify on their phone like those are product-based businesses you know like it's much easier to sell out of inventory or to like get a hundred orders a day when it's a product-based business that they can kind of buy on a whim or like something that's going to be sold out is obviously going to get kind of purchased quicker too but like I'm not selling out of selling out of paper and wedding invitations so people aren't pressured to buy and I think that is a good thing when it comes to services. Like, I don't think anybody should ever be pressured to buy a service because services typically are more money and more planning. So keep that in mind. That is like the biggest benefit of an email list, I believe, because like I said, you're continuing to be like, you're continuing to pop up in their inbox while they are planning their wedding. So they are not going to forget about your business because it keeps being relevant. To entice people to join your mailing list, I would recommend offering like an opt-in of some sort. And by that, I just mean like it can be something as easy as like, I guess a a discount code's not, I mean, it's easy, but it's not like ideal because you don't want to always be losing money and offering discounts, but that is like an option. But another example of an opt-in is offering like a free PDF of a wedding planning timeline or for like more specifically like wedding invitation people, you could offer like a free timeline of stationary, of wedding stationary, like when should they order save the dates? When should they send save the dates? When should they order invitations? When should they send invitations? When should their RSVP date be? Like giving them a timeline like that would be really, really helpful. And so that is something that you can offer as an opt-in to join your emailing list. Obviously there's like backend stuff that you have to set up to get that all like flowing smoothly, but that's a really a really good option just something to entice them to want to join your mailing list because once you have their email they're captured I mean they can always unsubscribe and leave but you know what I'm saying (laughs) a final thing with this whole topic that I just want to put out there is use this time of not being crazy busy with clients as an opportunity to solidify your systems and make sure that everything works smoothly talk through your systems and like literally talk out loud to yourself and go through your systems, go through the motions on your end to make sure that it makes sense and that there's no lags or issues. Like I remember doing this when I 
first got started and I still do it today when I'm like tweaking my systems go through everything click the buttons type the things like do what you need to do to make sure that your systems would run smoothly when they do start to actually be used by clients I'm in my fourth year of business and just this past year I do I really feel like my systems are exactly how I want them to be and I'll probably you know change them and tweak them in the coming months again just because you know it should be something that is always being refreshed but it it takes time to have your systems in place so I really stress using the time of not being crazy busy with clients to perfect your systems and make them smooth and figure them out. I am a firm believer that your business will not thrive or grow without your systems being in place. I like literally in my head can imagine that once your systems are working and once you have your systems figured out, these magic gates will just open and your clients will start to flow in. (laughs) That's just how my brain works. That's just like something that I really firmly believe in. I've seen it in my own business as well as other people's business. So I cannot stress to just get your systems figured out. Next week's chapter is all about systems and how to start them and how to perfect them. And then I also will tell you like the programs and platforms that I use to streamline my systems. And I'll probably go in depth with what my systems look like for invitation clients, which haven't really ever talked with anybody about that. So I'm excited because I'm kind of like a systems geek. So I cannot wait for next week's episode. But that is all I have today for finding clients when just starting out. I hope that you guys thought that this was beneficial and took some notes and we'll start to implement some of these things. If you have any questions about any of the points that I made in this episode, you can leave them in the link that is in the episode description and I will answer them during the unit review, which will be in probably like four or five weeks. I don't remember how many chapters are in this unit, but regardless, let me know what questions you have. Otherwise, I will talk to you guys next week. Cheers. Cheers to finishing up another chapter in Julia's Creative Business Guidebook. I hope you learned something new and will tune in next week for our new chapter. Until then, take care of yourself, do things that inspire you, and never stop creating. If you have any questions about anything I talked about during this episode, please refer to the link in the episode description to ask your question. All questions will be answered at the end of each unit.